Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Authentic Path Podcast. This is your host, Phelan Sugarman-Lash. And on this episode, I'm going to be interviewing Brian Daniels, who is an awesome photographer who's based in Hawaii. Brian was not always a photographer, though. He actually started out in, in the New York City Police Department, and he was doing forensic data analytics, I think, and all kinds of really cool stuff that had nothing to do with photography. And Brian is a really cool example of someone who went from a stable job that he actually really loved to then converting that into a new passion project later in his life, which is not how we always hear about things in the world we live in today. So really unique story that he has, and it's really a pleasure to share it with you, and I hope you enjoy. But first, a word from our sponsor. Creator Academy is a platform that was built to help aspiring creatives succeed by teaching them how to upgrade the quality of their work and how to make money. If you've ever wondered how those photographers and models you see on Instagram are traveling all around the world, you can find the answers inside Creator Academy. Danny, my first guest on the show, and Kevin, his co-founder, are super genuine people who've created this platform because they want to help you live out your dreams. They've created over 50 hours of content that will directly empower you to get brand deals with hotels all around the world, learn how to build passive income streams with photography and videography, and become a better artist. They teach you how to grow your Instagram following and even offer to help you one-on-one. This is a really incredible opportunity, and I couldn't have asked for a better sponsor of the show because their mission lines up so well with my own. If you want to learn more, go to phalan.com CA. That is F-A-O-L-A-N dot CA, which will also be linked in the show notes. Thanks so much for checking it out, and enjoy the podcast. Three, two, one, zero. Thanks for coming on, Brian. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, and just to start off with, I'd love to hear a little bit of your background with photography and art and videography. And, uh, you know, I, you told a little story about taking pictures in Africa of those hippos that I saw. And was that like the first moment that you realized you wanted to do photography? And then how did your talent turn into a skill and a passion? So, yeah. So, well, I think I, you know, there's a few things I wanted to be when I grew up. Right. And that you can't do all of them at the same time right so it comes to this time yeah. where you gotta you gotta pick one and so i kind of picked the one that i just always always wanted to do and i always wanted to be a, i don't know what it was but i always wanted to be a detective in new york right so i was like i want to be a detective in new york i want to be a nat geo travel photographer and i want to be a like jet fighter jet pilot yeah those yeah. little like things like every kid i feel like wants to be at some point uh, so yeah, I was, so I was a police for a long time. Like I, I went to graduate school pretty early. I went to the NYPD pretty early. Um, and then I stayed in the NYPD for a long time. I was there almost 15 years wow. and, uh, yeah, in New York city for about 16. Um, and then I retired as a detective and, but th- all throughout that time, I mean, I was dedicated to police work. I mean, I was working 40 plus hours of overtime every month. Wow. I slept at the precinct. I got to do amazing work and all these just pretty impressive and um, really just kind of cutting edge, fascinating units where I got all this, the latest technology and it was pretty awesome. Um, but, you know, I was getting a little bit older and I kind of, you know, I was like, all right, I kind of, I did this, I made the detective and now I kind of know where my life's going here, right? Like, it's like, I, if I continue this route, I kind of see my whole life planned out. Mm. And there's all these other things I wanted to do. Um, and I, yeah, so I always liked photography. Yeah, just to stop you for a sec, what was that like feeling like when you like got to a point where you saw the rest of your life and saw the trajectory and realized that it wasn't necessarily what you wanted to do? What did that, what did that feel like and how did you grapple with that? 
so yeah I don't know if it wasn't it wasn't that I didn't want to do that it was kind of for the first time I kind of I kind of accomplished what I wanted to accomplish gotcha and then if I had stayed any longer and I kind of saw my whole life I felt like it was kind of planned out already like I knew where it was going and while it was fine like I thought it was an awesome way in an awesome life I almost didn't like knowing where it was going even Mm. if it was going somewhere good um which is I guess a little bit odd Um, I think that makes sense about it Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was that point I was like, okay, I want to do something completely different, but something I've always wanted to do. Um, and yeah, I had uh, picked up my first real camera when I was still police, you know, it was like kind of a hobby. Um, but I picked up my first real camera right before I went to Africa in I think it was 2009. Um, so it was kind of my first overseas trip, really. I mean, if you don't count like Canada, Mexico, it was really like the first time kind of leaving, going somewhere uh, different. and Crazy experience. Yeah. And like, it's kind of a wild place to go. Um, Where myself, did you go? Uh, so I went to, I, I landed in Johannesburg in South Africa. Cool. And then it was, uh, it was about seven weeks. Uh, and we kind of camped and went on this kind of overlanding tour where you just jump on these trucks with other people. And it's kind of this networking system of these trucks that kind of take you around wow. all these different camps, countries. I think in the end, we were about seven countries and 5,500 kilometers, somewhere around there. So I landed in Johannesburg, um, spent time in South, uh, South Africa, Botswana, Malawi. Uh, Tanzania, Zanzibar, Zambia, Kenya, uh, and then flew out of Nairobi, like back home to New York. Uh, so, and all of that was like, I'd say like 80% of it was camping. Uh, and then every day we might get to a campsite that had like a place to stay and like a, a warm shower, but it was rare. Um, and I, so before that I was like, I got to get a camera like a decent camera, not like a point and shoot. And I think right around then it was, I had like the iPhone 3G was mm. probably like the phone at the time, right? So, so the best camera on that, I don't even know what that was back then, like a like five. four megapixels, yeah. <laughs> it was not what it is now, right? So like I can't take, I'm not going to take any real quick, anything good on this. Um, yeah, and then so I, I just, this is the first time I got a Canon 40D is what I had. Um, went to B&H Photo in New York, which if you haven't been to B&H Photo, it's like an experience in itself. Um, and they're super knowledgeable about everything. And I knew nothing going in. So they hooked me up with uh, some pretty cool camera gear. Cool. And, uh, yeah. And then just kind of read the manual on the downtime of traveling and um, yeah, just snapping everything I could see. And uh, where, when I, I didn't know if I was any good or um, I probably wasn't like that great then, but um, kind of first time really having a, a real camera and everyone else on the trip, you know, they had like point and shoots or, you know, maybe someone had someone else might have had like a nice uh, like entry level DSLR. And then we would kind of like, oh, what'd you get? What'd you get? And like looking at photos and then everybody just stopped on the trip, just stopped taking photos and they're like, just give me your photo. <laughs> like, I'm not even going to try anymore. So I kind of realized, I was like, oh, maybe I'm okay with this. And, you know, like, I didn't know anything. I was shooting all that in JPEG. I didn't know mm-hmm. anything about it. I didn't, I didn't know how anything, like, compression worked with 
like the focal lengths, do nothing of it. I was just like, yeah, composition wise, you're like, okay, yeah, this looks nice, right? Um, yeah, and then after that, it was always kind of in the back of my mind, but you know, like I was police, um, right. first and foremost, and I never really thought about trying it seriously as a career, yeah. Um, yeah, so that was kind of my first, you know, go with the camera, cool. yeah. So uh, one of the big things I want to talk to you specifically about is this idea of like having a job that you're passionate about or that you're really interested in doing police work um, and then also on the side traveling and and doing photography and building a hobby. Um, And then when that like hobby turns into a passion and when the passion turns into a career Um, and what that looks like in terms of balancing it with work and, and life and now you have a kid and how that all kind of fits together. Broad, broad question, but I guess like more specifically, like what was the transition points, I guess? Um, I guess it, it was, I guess first I had to realize that I, you could do photography as a job, right? Like I never right. really, I didn't know anybody that was a photographer that made a living from it. Um, I didn't, I didn't, see any of that in like my day to day, you know, like I didn't have any idea about kind of the business side of it or that was even possible. I guess because I never really thought about it. And um so I, I traveled a lot when I was in the NYPD. Just I love traveling. I got a lot of time off. And a friend of mine from college, uh her husband is a big surfer and he was a professional photographer. And they were going on a trip to Nicaragua, a surf trip, um, and they needed one more person. I didn't know any of these guys, but I was good friends with Jess from college. And so she told her husband Chandler, she's like, I bet Brian will go. Like he's always traveling somewhere. Why don't you have him go? So it was the first time. So I went and it was the first time like hanging. I met Chandler. First time I kind of, I met a professional photographer Mm -hmm. and it was just kind of opened up my eyes. Like, man, like he gets to be super creative and can make a living, like a good living um, with a camera. And I always kind of saw photography um, for like these like weird kind of creative people that I didn't think I was. I I was like more of an analytical crime scene, you know, forensic evidence analysis, like crime scene. I never saw myself um, as creative for some reason. That's pretty common. A lot of people think that like they have to either be analytical or creative, but it's so easy to just merge them. Um, and I think that's something that's lost on people is the the either or versus the and both like fallacy. Um, yeah. And that probably ties into the decision to actually start doing photography for you. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. I think, you know, in, in school, it, it, when you're younger, you just kind of, you know, you just kind of listen to what, you know, teachers are telling you and it's kind of, they, they compartmentalize people, right. They mm. kind of feel like, Oh, you're like the analytical, you're good with math. So this is what you need to focus on. And, you like, this is the right brain person. This is the left brain person. And then you just kind of peg yourself into that. And then it's just so far from the truth. And it kind of, I think kind of screws up a lot of people and what they yeah. think they can do, right? Yeah. So you had like some identities about yourself and like being analytical and not creative. And then you had to like shed those identities. Yeah. You're just, I'm just like, that's not me. That's this guy. Right. right. And then, yeah. And then I don't know what happened. I was like, wait a minute. Like, I guess it's kind of like the curtain gets pulled back, right? Like, I always mm. kind of I always kind of related the NYPD to this, right? Where you think, like, looking at it, you're like, ah, this place is freaking amazing. I don't know how this runs, 
like this. And then you get up and you, you kind of pull the curtain back, like you get to the, like, you know, the commissioner's office. So you get to see the inner workings of it. And you pull back the curtain. You're like, it's like the Wizard of Oz. You're like, yeah. you did back here, like yelling in a, like a blow horn with a couple, like uh, uh, a little machine, smoke machine. And that's all it is. And you're just like, wait a minute. Like, wait, wow. if they can do this, I can do this. Right. So that's kind of how I, so when I met somebody that was creative, I was like, wait, like he's not that much different from me. Like I have some cool ideas. Like maybe I, I could be creative cool. and everybody doubts themselves. Like even, you know, him as a professional photographer, I'm sure he doubts himself from time to time. And um, that was kind of the first time I was like, wait a minute, like I think I could make a living with this and wait, I think I'm, I'm also creative. Yeah. Uh, so then that's when I first kind of started exploring that side and, um, it was a while, um, cause I think I went on a surf, uh, surf trip, maybe 2012, I can't remember, 2013. Um, and I didn't really start shooting where I felt comfortable enough to like charge somebody, um, probably till fairly recent, maybe like two years ago. Right. So yeah. it was only like five years from the time I thought I saw myself as creative, getting transitioning out of the police department, uh, moving to Hawaii and then trying to figure out you know your creativity it's like a whole new life you know right. in a way so and like yeah. a whole another aspect and don't get me wrong there's definitely there's like creative things that you could do in the police department it's hella creative like the way you could go about uh, analyzing crime or going after you know um, you know policing in different ways but you didn't i didn't see that as creative for some reason like, hmm. i didn't think that was creative interesting um, but yeah so now like since you've moved uh into this more definite creative space uh you see yourself as a creative um what do you think is really like the authentic version of yourself or do you think that you have always done a good job of living the you um that is both creative and non-creative and analytical and how do you fit all of those pieces together into the version of yourself that you want to be now that is a good question all right so i don't think it wasn't, I guess it was just something I didn't explore, um, with myself, you know, like I was just like, I'm the, I'm the analytical guy. It's kind of cool. I love doing it. It's like how my mind kind of gravitates towards. And while it was still creative, I didn't kind of, didn't have that introspection of myself where I was thinking like, okay, like I'm also creative and I'm analytical. Um, yeah, I, I just didn't think like that. And it wasn't until I kind of saw it in this other photographer um, in Chandler where I was just like, okay, like I have this creative side. So then when you, when you realize that, and then it just kind of opens up the door to everything else. You're like, well, wait a minute. Like, if it's just like, I can be creative. I can also, you know, I, I can have all these other personality traits that I don't, I can actually think about and explore. And, um, yes, yeah, so I, I think that that was kind of a big moment where you kind of realize, look, like it's, you don't, you don't have to, and it wasn't like I was, I had to listen to somebody, somebody else or how they saw you. But I think that's what happens to a lot of people, right? Like yeah. people kind of tell you like, you're going to basketball, you should play basketball. You're, you're big and strong. You're a football player. You're this, or you're that. And the world kind of sees you this way and you just kind of go with it when you're younger. Yeah, totally. So I think just being a bit older and I guess wiser, cool. if you can, if you can say it helps. Yeah. Um, in terms of like those barriers that usually come up for people who, might know what they want to do um, and have an idea that they, they do want to do photography or that they are creative, um, but feel the need to not do that uh, because of fear or failure or something. 
you seem like someone who's super deliberate in your actions. And, you know, you said you took five years to get from the time you started being creative and working on photography to actually charging people. Um, and just personally, you know, I've charged people for photography and then done it and done a horrible job and felt really bad about it. So it's like, I really respect that you've taken the time to, to wait. Um, what do you recommend and what would you say to people who are, who are thinking about jumping into their passions head on versus like taking time to develop them on the side before creating something uh, that they need to jump into? Yeah. I mean, I think everything, everybody's different, right? So I can't, it's hard to say what answer. somebody should do, right? It's hard to say like, yeah, everyone, if you're, this is your passion, just jump into it and you should be doing this nonstop and screw everything else. And then, I mean, that's nice to say, right? But then the reality is, well, okay, like I got to eat, like I, I, I want to have a place to live, right, right? right? Like you can cut down your expenses. You can move to a part of the country that's really inexpensive to live. Um, you can, you know, have a, a side job. Uh, that you just hustle, 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 and that side job just you're only doing that side job to propel you into your passion. Um, there's nothing wrong with any of that. I mean, it's just kind of everyone's got to do what it is, how whatever they feel comfortable with. Um, but if it's something you really want to do and you're passionate about it, you're gonna find a way, right? Like even if it's you got a full nine to five job, and then you know as soon as you get home, then it's six to ten p.m. You're right. you're you're studying, you're, you're practicing, you're, you're, you want to do photography or you're shooting with friends. You're like, Hey, sunset, let's go. You plan stuff out. Like I had to plan a lot of stuff out because I was busy. So I was like, all right, on the 27th, we're going to go do this on the 28th. We're going to do that. And the early morning I can go do this now. Let's like, yeah, let's go hike here. Um, and then stuff was delivered. Like, okay, why are we going to go there? Cause I want to practice this kind of shot. Or like I saw something like this on either Instagram or, um, and I want to try to recreate this. I want to just learn how they did that. And I think mm. that's a huge part of it is seeing something you like and then trying to recreate it because that's how you learn. Right. Right. And then you learn, you're like, oh, wait, I can do this. All right, I figured out how they did this. I knew what lens they used. Um, I knew how they edited it now. So now, but like, I wouldn't have done it that way. Like now that I have these tools and now that my tool from all this learning from like the side hustle, right? Like you're learning from, six at night to nine or 10 or 11. Um, you're not going out, you know, you're, you're just that you're passionate. Right. You're going to find yeah. a way when, when it's going to be passionate. Um, yeah, just learning in those, those hours. Um, and then when you feel comfortable with it, you know, that's kind of, that, I mean, that's how I, that's how I would do it just cause I felt more, you know, comfortable, you know, still, you know, still having a place to live, still being financially secure. Yeah. There's an author named Adam Grant. Uh, and he wrote a book called Originals and he talks about how like the psychological safety of having a good income can actually make it better and easier to start a company or start a project because you don't have to worry about the the money piece and yeah. then your brain has more energy to, to direct towards whatever passion you're doing. So yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that sounds awesome. But, but then like to go against that, like I know I have, uh, I met some creatives that came out to Hawaii and after being out here and like running around shooting, they're like, I know this is what I want to do. It's super young. They're like, I'm not going to college. Like I am doing this full time. I don't care what it's going to take. This is all I want to do. And, but it also depends on your age, right. And your yeah. age in life and where your head's at. Like you're 19 to, you know, 25, you have your whole life to make money. 
you right. know, like, why not? That's the time. That is like the golden time to try to do what you want. And it's not to say you, you can definitely do school and do your passion at the same time. Like yeah. You can do it. You know, it's not, so you don't have to give up one or the other. So I don't want people to feel like, oh, I'm passionate about photography. I got to quit school now and do this. Like you're, you're going to be, you can graduate college at 22, have that degree and something that you like that can get you, you know, get you by and get you into your passion. You know, you don't have to look at it as a hindrance. You can look at it as something that's going to propel you. You know, you, you get a decent job, you can buy the gear you need. Totally. You can go on the trip you want. You can sell fun projects that, right. you know, will get you other jobs. So I, I feel like there's a lot of, like these days, I feel like there's a lot of hate on, you know, kind of working one or two jobs to make your passion work. And yeah. Seems like the the word is now just quit everything and go live. Right. Yeah, I think like those stories have been popularized by like Mark Zuckerberg or you know Steve Jobs and, and those people who are just like college dropouts and then go do it. Or another thing I wanted to talk about actually is like social media yeah. and the influence it plays, especially in art and on the influencer world and and photography, videography, and where the difference between like one of the things I most respect about you and your approach to social media is your responses to people both like on your photos and and when they dm you on instagram like i just see you have an authentic response every time and you're really like happy to talk to people uh which is not always true um and so i think like where do you think the line is between being you know doing photography and art for the right reason and then branding it wrong on social media for attention and to build a following um and how do you go about that as someone who's trying to develop a business versus like be a good person yeah that's um so i just want to go back to, to finish up what we were talking about, okay, about. Yeah. i think sorry I think, no no i just had this other thought um and then we'll, we'll i want to move on but i think you i think the term is like survivor bias right so when everybody just like quits like what they're doing they develop and you know they, they work out their passion they go jump into it and then they do amazingly well mm. those are the people you hear about right so you have yeah. a bit of bias in there from the survivors so everyone's just saying like oh I should just quit and do this and like this guy did it but you don't hear from the other 99 people that might have tried it failed you know right. failed miserably I'm not saying not to do that again but I think that's a little bit of what everybody hears um and then, yeah, with, with social media and um, I guess, you know, being authentic on social media and it's, 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 gosh, I don't know. It's a, it's a little tricky, right? Because you can be, obviously you want to be real about everything or else like right. it's, it's a hard thing to keep up if you're going to be like fake or something or. I think it's easy to give people the wrong impression, right? Because mm. you could be struggling. Like you could be living in, you know, paycheck to paycheck. You could have a hundred dollars in your bank account. But if you looked at your social media, you're in New Zealand one day, you're in the Bahamas the other, right. you're in Africa, you're all around the world and you're, you're, it's an awesome life. But what you don't see is like, yeah, I incredibly stressed i don't know where the next meal is going to come from but you don't see any of that right right, right. and I, I think that can lead i don't want to kind of have that persona on social media because i feel like that can it, it can it just kind of makes it's always like kind of almost this look at me look at all this awesome things i'm doing and you're just sitting there scrolling while you're looking at my amazing life right. when in fact 
like they might not have the best family life. They might be struggling paycheck to paycheck and they might just be doing it because they feel like they have to keep up this persona online. Yeah. Right. And it might not, they might not even be happy about it, which I don't know. It's kind of this, it, it's crazy. Like, I couldn't imagine growing up with social media. Like I am so happy. I didn't have it <laughs> when I was 17 up to 22. I'm just so happy. I mean, could you, I can imagine, especially if you're in high school and especially these kids getting bullied, right? Like you, when the bullying stops, when you go home, Yeah. but now on social media, it just never ends. Like it's not even bullying. It's just, you're always looking at people hanging out without you 24 yeah. seven. Right. And why they don't intend for that to happen. Right. Like people aren't thinking about the effect from, you know, kids watching that has got to be, it's yeah. gotta be difficult. Especially when you combine it and you think about how people are only talking about the good parts of their lives right, all the time and, and not the bad parts. You know, if they only have $100 in their bank accounts, but they're in Thailand, right? And then like yeah. you are sitting in college doing your normal class and watching this person in Thailand being like, oh, wow, I wish I could do that when really this person's so unhappy. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, but it's like sometimes it's not easy. Like a, a lot of these big creators, they move to Thailand and they move to Asia because guess what? Rent's like... Yeah, (laughs) I mean, you could live in Central America incredibly comfortably for probably like a thousand dollars a month, right? Right, and then so, but you know, if that's what you want to do, go for it. But that's like why they a lot of the creators will go there because they're they're not like banking, you know, they're not making two hundred. Majority are not making a hundred thousand a year with savings and a retirement plan, you know, right? um yeah it's very misleading it's possible but a lot of that isn't happening um and then but when you see it you think it is and then you compare yourself obviously and you're just like well shoot like they're how what am i doing wrong like how are they getting all these jobs and flying around here and there like what the heck am i doing yeah that was like a huge part of my my younger years was just scrolling through instagram and looking at all these photographers traveling the world and wondering how they're doing it and now that i've gone through business school i have more understanding of you know, that's not super realistic. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And you feel a little bit, and yeah, kids get a little bit older, you get a little bit wiser. Um, but yeah, it's difficult when you're younger. So yeah, that's something like I don't, like a lot of the, it's funny, a lot of people say that in social media, they only post the highlights. I, I feel like I kind of, I'm, I'm trying to have a public slash private persona on social media mm. where I want to share like who I am. But I also like my favorite moments are getting like the little moments with my four month old or with my yeah. wife and like that's stuff that I don't post about. Right. You know, but that's my favorite things, right? Yeah. And, like while I love the work I do and it's freaking it's just I feel so lucky to get to have some of these moments uh, at work and some of the places I've gotten to go and see and shoot. Um, those aren't that's not like the best thing in life by far. Um, yeah. So they're. There are two directions I want to take this now. Um, one is about like family and, and having a kid and what that does in terms of where your fulfillment in life comes from. Because I think when you have kids, the whole uh, portrait of, of who you are and what being authentic means shifts completely. Um, and then the other part of it would just be what are some of the cool opportunities that you've gotten to do for, with with your new photography and videography gig uh, in Hawaii. And so whichever one you want to take introductions uh yeah with um yeah just having uh having a kid is pretty awesome it only happened four months ago um so my wife and i have been talking about for a while 
like when we were living in New York, um, you know, it was, we were kind of thinking like, man, like there's no way we could have a kid living in the city. Like this is a nightmare, yeah. like walking up the brownstone, the apartments are tiny. Like my, it's just wild. So we're like, all right. So when we move to Hawaii, we, yeah, and kind of get situated. I mean, we were pretty much planners with this, like to make this happen and make it happen right. We had to plan it all out. Um, but yeah, it's pretty, it's been pretty wild the last four months to know that you have this life that is just a hundred percent dependent on you. Right. So like every decision that you make is like, could be disastrous or like beneficial <laughs> for them. Um, so it kind of makes you think pretty hard about like what you're doing and why, and you know, what, what kind of example you want to leave for him. Yeah. Um, uh, so I don't know. I don't, I don't know if like my priorities have shifted much. I was a bit older mm-hmm. when I had them. So I feel like um, you kind of just, you know, my priorities are pretty much the same. But, uh, they're just focused a lot on him now. Right. Um, and uh, so like my wife has uh, went to four days a week at work um, so that she could help, um, you know, stay home for a bit and watch him. And then I watch them actually the majority of the time now. Um, cool. And then, yeah, so it's like, that's kind of, I wouldn't say like taking a hit, but there's definitely a lot of like photo projects I haven't been able to do. Um, but I'm not, it's okay. Cause like right. I get to hang out with, with uh, Ethan and have like, I'm lucky I get to have all this time with them. Um, cool. Yeah. So yeah. So it's, uh, it's just been good, man. It's been good timing and it's, it's been, it, it's not as I, well, I thought like having a kid was gonna be so difficult like i know mm. what with a kid never been around kids um it's not so much difficult it's just time consuming i right. need you all the time it's like hold holding them feeding them trying to get them to go to sleep trying to keep them asleep you know changing them it's just very time consuming. yeah menial <laughs> uh, fulfillment what's that menial fulfillment like lots of tasks and somehow yeah, it matters and makes you feel good like, yeah even trying to edit like have him sit on my lap and like i'm trying to edit <laughs> or, like video is very difficult yeah very but difficult. yeah but it's been good cool Thanks. so yeah then the second part before you before you had ethan what uh or even now like i just saw you posted about the um the surfer guy and who was on the wheelchair I'd love to just like hear some of like cool projects you've been able to do and and how that's made you feel. Yeah. I mean, that was, uh, that was pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. The latest one was a uh, photo project, kind of like more of like a portrait project with uh, an adaptive surfer is the one that reached out. So it's a sport that I really didn't know much about called wave ski. And mm. it's like they, they job, it's almost like a kayak basically. And you have a paddle like a kayak and you sit on this thing and you, drop in and surf and do all the aerial tricks and everything you would do on a surfboard it's basically a kayak with maneuverability of a wow. it's wild and these guys are dropping in on 30 foot waves just Whoa. monster waves and um so the the one surfer kyle that reached out to me uh wasn't always an adaptive surfer you know um he at one point for various reasons found himself in you know a wheelchair at some point and without the use of his legs and he didn't let that stop him like he was a surfer before and he's a surfer still that's and awesome that to me was so inspiring and i was so stoked to be able to kind of help tell his story um so wave ski isn't just for adaptive surfers it's actually for like able surfers as well um so there was two uh, world champions that were training with him here in hawaii 
Um, so I, I wanted to, we were kind of talking about how can we kind of tell your story visually um, and show that you're in this wheelchair, but you can do this, these amazing things and you have this awesome support system you know, of these like world champions that are helping train you and like what your goals are in life. Um, so we just thought it'd be the coolest idea to just submerge the wheelchair and shoot with him, you know, in, in the water, in the wheelchair. Yeah. And even, I think we can get a couple of shots of him shore break surfing in the wheelchair, which was just so cool. That's, that's um, awesome. But yeah, it was a, it was a cool shoot. And yeah, I, I mean, I had like two shots in my mind. That was it. Normally when I go on a shoot, I'm like, all right, if I can get one just epic shot like that I have in my mind, if I can get this shot how I want it in my head to come out how I want to come out, like that's a win for me. And that's what <laughs> I told him. I was like, if we can just get this one shot, like this is going to be a huge win. Um, and we just wound up like out there just getting super creative. It was nice having the other surfers there because they were creative. Like, oh, how about this? Can you do this? And and then we would just kind of throw ideas out while we're in the water, like kind of bobbing up in the water. Um, cool. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. And we wound up coming out, I'd say like 20 solid images. It was like wow. 20 packs more than I thought we were going to get. That's huge for a photo uh, shoot. It is, yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Like so good. So good. Some of my favorite water portraits were in the, uh, some of my favorite portraits, period. Yeah. And um, I think I just, I was extremely happy with them just because shooting in the water is not easy so anybody that's tried to shoot in the water um like have full manual control of your camera um dealing with the currents the lighting um breath holds wow yeah coordination with the the subject you're shooting it's just not easy and then on top of that the color correction and the photo editing after the fact are just time consuming um but i think i'm finally starting to get dial that in so that was a lot of fun cool Uh, yeah um it seems sweet to like throw yourself into a passion like photography or videography and then be able to learn every step of the way and that seems like one of the most exciting pieces you know learning how to do underwater photography or if you you know ever get to drone around in the mountains and learning how to do that and all of the different pieces and then bringing them all together yeah it's it's great and like i don't um i kind of like the aspect of getting a shoot all different sorts of stuff. Like mm. I, I was talking to, with a um, creative agency that wanted to represent me and they're kind of, um, and this is just what happens, right? They're just like, okay, like, you're going to be my water guy. Like anything I need, like you're going to be in the water. And I'm thinking to myself like, man, I, I love shooting. I can shoot killer portraits, landscapes. <laughs> like I don't just want to be the water guy. Like I don't want to be that. Uh, I don't even shoot. Like if you look at my, uh, you know, my feet, I'm not in the water all the time shooting. Right. I think the majority is actually out of the water, but um, like, I think that's just kind of what happens to photographers mm. or videographers. You kind of get pegged into this. Yeah. It goes back to what we were talking before about like getting boxed in by your professors and then yeah. not getting out of it. Yeah. It doesn't stop. Right. Yeah. It doesn't stop. And I mean, I, I, and even like the Nat Geo world, right. Like they have, if you want cold weather, you and you're going to shoot in the arctic you that's paul nicklin's job right right just like that's that's him that's paul he, he's a cold weather guy if you and then and then they have another guy for like crazy then oh we're going to go hiking in the mountains that's jimmy chin hmm. right it's just like well why? that's crazy yeah i never thought about it like even at these high levels yeah yeah it doesn't stop like all the way up into the career and i don't know if that's great if that's all that you that's all you want to do like i just want to shoot mountains mountain mountains i don't care just going to be in the mountains everything's gonna be in the mountains like okay like that's great then 
for, for you to do that. But I think there's a lot of people and I'm included. That are just like, I kind of want to try everything, you know, yeah. like, I enjoy, that's what like, I got into photography because I kind of really saw not only for being creative, but the camera became this vehicle that gets you in to the front row of places. Right. Mm. Like I got to shoot manta rays on a dive, like this night dive. And they're just like, all right, like you have the, you've got the camera, you can do whatever you want. Normally on the tour, they're like, oh, no, you got to sit here and they'll like yell at you if you're like sitting at the bottom scuba diving, you're trying to go somewhere. They're just like, no, you guys stay right here. But I have this camera and they're just like, yeah, do whatever you want. Like yeah. swim wherever. I'm like, okay. And then, you know, just like, not, and then uh, in Maui, I shot on this uh, sailboat cruise and they're just kind of like, all right, like, yeah, well, where, where do you want? You want to fly the drone here? I'm like, no problem. Like, they would not have let me fly the drone there if I yeah. wasn't a photographer. So right. You know, like, it, I mean, just stuff like that, you know. Um, and then yeah. people are so stoked on the images, it becomes this really cool, like, bonding experience, right? So you give someone this cool image, and then they're just like, they're so stoked on it. And then you become friends with them. And then anytime that they, they have something in their life that happens, they're getting married or they have a new business, they, they're asking you to kind of be their front and center. Yeah. And which is really cool. Yeah. Something I've thought about a lot is like, the the being excellent at, at what you do in art and creating really high quality pieces of art in terms of building relationships with people and like you're talking about it's really important to you know take a, an amazing photo even if you get one out of you know 500 or whatever <laughs> and then be able to share that with them and and build the relationship on that yeah 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 and then the whole experience of it too like you're kind of right. all whether that they're other creatives or they're kind of the, you know like they're hiring you to but they're the subject and you you have this whole experience together and a lot of times like i'm shooting out in the mountains or there might be a sketchy place like we're climbing or you know like there's some bigger waves and we're ducking under um it kind of it was same, similar in policing right like you kind of have those somewhat little bit more dangerous situations and then you bond a little bit stronger with that person you're in the situation right with. Um, so I think that's funny. It's while it's, in my old job, it's kind of, there's still like a little bit of hint of risk in what I'm doing now, the kind of photos I want to do now. So I feel like it helps build a bond more with the people I shoot with, which is cool. pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, I have a few more questions if that's cool. Um, so one I think is just in terms of meeting those people and getting on those cruises and diving with the manta rays, uh, what is the transition point b- between, you know, having, a hobby and then meeting these people and getting these opportunities and and how does that happen for you and how have you seen it happen for other people yeah so when i when i first get, moved to hawaii after i retired from pd i um you know i was just i was shooting and this is the first time i opened up any social media like i had social media but i had used it in the past for investigations so i knew like i was on the back end writing search warrants for facebook snapchat instagram I knew the information that they they had on people and being someone that went after violent criminals, I didn't have my own account because uh, I didn't want them finding me. So, right. but when I moved to Hawaii, I was like, I'm far enough from this. I'm removed from it. Um, I'm going to open up these accounts. And I started posting on Instagram. I got linked into this community of other photographers in Hawaii. Um, that It was almost like this engagement group for Instagram, but it was really more than that. It was more of like a, a local artist creative kind hmm. of group of people. So I got to meet a lot of the friends I have now in Hawaii or from that group. Cool. And so I started posting, it was, it was odd for me to open up my accounts, right? So I started posting photos, 
and I would get comments, I get people following me. And like for someone that was like a detective in all the years, <laughs> like, the who these people? I'm like who's this person? Like, I don't yeah. know them, like block, right? right. But I, I wasn't thinking at all, like, oh, I gotta get likes and grow a following. I was just doing it because I really enjoyed like taking the photos and I was getting stoked on them and share them. So it started to have this was a small progression of how this happened. So there was a big shout out accounts in Hawaii. And I would post a photo. And then they would share my photo. And I was so stoked. I was like, mm-hmm. I can't believe it. They posted my photo. This is insane. Like someone, they thought this account thought my photo was cool to post. Like that's yeah. awesome. And then, you know, and then like you're super high on that. Then a couple other accounts are doing it. And then you get super into it. And then, and then there's some companies will start to message you and say, hey, like we'll send you these board shorts if you can just post the photo of them. Right. And I'm just like, what? Like, you're going to send me? Like, this is insane. Yeah. You're, you think I'm good enough to just send, you're giving me free stuff? Like, how can I do that? So then I was, you know, I'd do that for a bit. And then I would work so hard and spend so much time on this photo, like on this long hike or on in the edit. And then I'm like, man, like, I don't even like these board shorts. Like, what was I think? I was just so stoked somebody kind of like believed in my work. It wasn't so much about getting anything. And then, then more people will message you and then you start to get a little bit more reluctant about it. You're just like, look, like it's a lot of work for me to do. I would love to shoot this. Um, but like for the amount of work I'm going to do, how's how about if I give you 10 images for $500 and like, these will be, these will be the images. This is like, this is where, I, this is where I see mm. your product. But then all of a sudden you just kind of flip it and right. You're like, okay, this is the creative way I want to take it. And these are the shots I'll give you. If you want, I'll do, if you want to, like get me on a retainer for like six months at four hundred dollars. I'll give you like fifteen images because this way I know like you know you just like start working on these business the right. on these numbers. It could be anything, right? But that's kind of it's kind of like about where I started with like different stuff. And then surprisingly, some brands will just be like, "Oh, it's not my budget, thanks," and that's fine. Yeah. And then some brands will be like, "You know what? Yeah, like that sounds fair enough to me. Sure." So then it starts right. So then there's a, like a couple smaller brands will. I was on a retainer with a few of them and uh, give them 10 images a month for, you know, like 500 bucks, 250 bucks, 400 bucks, which adds up adding up, right. Yeah. And adding up, you do that for like five brands at 500 bucks. And all of a sudden you're at like, was it my mass? So 2,500 for the yeah. month, which is not bad for yeah. someone that's just like picking up a camera. Right. And then, then I just put all that money in the gear. So then I'm like, all right, now uh, right, I, I like in the business. one camera, like two lenses, right? Like, and I'm like, okay, now I want to get a Sony 7R3. And now I need, now I want this lens. Now I want that lens. So then the more of it just kept getting, like putting back into it. Then I was like, well, now I got to charge more money because the gear is getting more expensive. And then you start as you build your portfolio. And it's why it's so important. Everything you shoot, you do it so well as if someone mm. was paying you 10 grand for that job. Yeah. Because that's just what you're going to use as leverage and your portfolio to get more money later. Yeah, I think that's so important what you just said too. Just making sure everything is super quality and you're putting in your best work to everything you do. And then your name's on it, right? So like, right. I don't know, you don't want to, you want to, if it's something that you're passionate about and your name's going to be on it, like you want to do the best work that you can do. Yeah. How do you know when like a photo is done, you know, when you're done editing it? You know, it's, <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I'm not like I, I try not to have like perfection be the enemy of right. good, as they say. Right. Um, I don't think I'm ever 100% satisfied. Yeah, with my totally. Stuff, ever, I think half the time, or more than half the time, I think like 90% of the time, I think all my stuff sucks. 
I'm like, oh, that sucks. Like that, Agreed. that color, it's like, there's a little too much purple in there. Like I hate purple so much. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I hate the color purple and I try to get it out of all of my photos and it's really hard sometimes in the water. Like even if there's like this weird hue of purple in it, it just like irks me. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ever like really satisfied with anything. Yeah. But getting as close as you can. Yeah, sometimes I'm, I'm sometimes I'm surprised, and it almost makes me more satisfied. I'm like, man, I did not think that shot was going to come out so good, and that's almost yeah. like the wins for me now when I go in with low expectations. Totally. Uh, yes, yeah, so I don't know if I could say when when I know it's ever done, but it, it just it just kind of feels right. You're like, okay, there's there's nothing. Anything I do to this photo now will only make it worse. Right. That's kind of when I know it's done. Like, there's nothing I can do to make it better, even though I think it could be better. Yeah. But my ability at this moment to make it better does not exist so i just have to leave it or else huh. ruin it. that's kind of that would be the best way i could tell you i know what it, that's a good way to look at it i think it's applicable to other parts of life too <laughs> yeah. yeah like i'm only gonna ruin this if i keep that <laughs> cool yeah um well i want to be courteous of your time and just i have like a few more short questions to wrap up so the first one is what does authenticity mean to you Ooh. um I guess it just means being who you are to yourself, right? Like not trying to be something for somebody else, not trying to please somebody, um, but just being comfortable with who you are and showing that. Um, nice. Uh, yeah, and just being, it's not necessarily related to authenticity, but just being kind to people. Um, you know, like every every single person you meet, right it will one day just lose everything they're they're gonna lose people they love they're mm-hmm. gonna have a hardship that just in that little time that you're involved in their life just there's nothing wrong with being as nice to them as possible and then and then i think too when you realize that a lot of if anyone ever kind of comes at you angry or you know kind of trying to put you down it comes from a place where it's they're kind of hurting right like yeah i mean for someone to come at you like that there's got to be you know something going on with them it's not you personally um so i think they're the people that need the kindness the most um so i, I think when and, and it, it it's hard not to take stuff personally but it's kind of the way i've i've tried to look at it over the last like 10 years or so cool that's good advice and then is there anything else that you feel like would uh, you could benefit or people could benefit from hearing from you that you just want to talk about. It's okay if there's not. Yeah. I, I think I was, I'm a bit of a perfectionist with stuff and I think it kind of hinders me in the amount of stuff that I'll put out. Right. Mm. Um, Cause I just don't think it's like up to my standards. Like, Oh, I have the, right. it was pretty, like, oh, this good shoot, but I'm just not even going to share it because or, um, I don't think it's, uh, it's up to my standards or I'm not going to share like how I did this because there's a thousand other people that are talking about, like they could probably explain how they did something better. Right. So I think that's kind of stopped me from putting out more content on uh, just like on maybe tutorials on how to do stuff or, you know, just kind of stop me for a bit. And that's something I've got to work on. Um, I know uh, there's probably a lot of people that feel the same way. And it might just come from a place of feeling judged too, right? Where you just have to not give an F what happens, like what people think of you, what they're going to think of, like what you put out. Um, and that that can be difficult at first. Um, and then too, just, I think your 
ability to be creative will probably always outpace your technical skills to get you there. Yeah. Right. Totally. So like I have all the crazy ideas I want to do, yeah. but I don't know how to do them yet. Right. So it's, but it's always going to outpace that. So I have all these ideas, but like, I, I don't, I, I haven't at the time yet or the resources to figure out how to make it happen. But then when I make those happen, there's going to be another idea that like I want to get bigger and bigger ideas. Now I have to learn how to do that. So I guess just not, just like just sharing with where you're at now is pretty awesome because there's always going to be someone else out there that's kind of not at your level yet or just right at where you're at and just sharing with people can and getting everyone else involved can really just um you know be inspiring to to, to those people like you're always going to be at a place like someone's just starting photography now like someone right. doesn't know what aperture is someone doesn't know what an iso is people don't know what that is right, right, right. well like as a photographer, you're like, oh, that's just like such basic stuff. Like, like well, you can share that information with people, you know, and and yeah. people are going to enjoy it and appreciate it. And so I think it's just, it's not so much about, if you want to do this in the long run, I think it's more about building a brand about who you are, whether more so than just kind of getting likes or like the immediate, you don't want to be transactional and stuff. You don't want to say, hey, buy my presets every day or buy, you know, buy my prints, buy this, like just give people stuff, just give it freely. Don't be worried. They're going to steal your stuff. And, you know, yeah. like, like Mike, like Michael Jordan was my favorite example. He would tell you what he was about to do to you, his move. He right. said, you can't stop it anyway. Right. right. So there's like there's nothing you can do about it. I'm going to tell you, give you away all my secrets. You'll learn something and then I'll be a better competitor because I want you to be at your best when I beat you. Totally. Right? But, yeah. Like, I, I love that competitiveness, but still sharing in nice, like good, you know, spirits of competition in a way. So sweet. Uh, don't be afraid to share stuff. Uh, don't, you know, there's, and uh, just put stuff out as you have it now. And then you can watch your progress and your progress is always going to be better than somebody. And it's always going to be worse than somebody. Right. Yeah. Cool. Um, some great pieces of advice in there. Thank you so much for taking the time. And also, um, just to shout out your platforms. Uh, do you want to do that quickly? Yeah, sure. So I have a, uh, you know, by all my work, uh, pretty much everything I do is on Instagram at Brian. It's, uh, I wish I could have just at Brian, but it's dr <laughs> underscore I underscore A-N. Um, and a website is like 80% done. Sweet. Uh, so hopefully that'll come out soon. And I'm trying to get more into my, one of my greatest failures is TikTok. Everybody should be all over TikTok right now in any way possible. Another failure is LinkedIn, which I am on, but I don't really do much on there either. Cool. So yeah, Instagram's the spot. All right. Sweet. Cool. Thank you so much, Brian. Um, it's been great talking to you. Yeah, you too. And uh, appreciate you coming on. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Authentic Path podcast. I really enjoyed talking to Brian and um, I'm going to keep the exit short today. But remember, it is a great day to be alive and share the podcast with anyone you think would enjoy it. And I really appreciate you listening a lot. So thank you so much. All right. Have a great day. Bye.